1: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
2: America faces a choice this is battleground america here's Tara
1: servatius
0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we count down the most insane stories of the week. They have to be both unprecedented and able to change things as we know it. So it's a testament to the time we live in that I can do this every week. But it's good to see that this, the most popular podcast in the Battleground series every week with almost twice the listenership of the others, is not too far off course. Yep, check out this poll from YouGov. Holy cow. The question, do you feel that things in this country these days are under control or out of control? 71% said out of control. 15% said under control. So it's not just you or me. But I got to tell you, sure looks like the 15% who think it's under control are the ones running the country. Let's dive in. Insane thing number five. This was on my mind all week, including in the shower, so you know it really got to me. Maybe it's my more than 15 years sitting behind this microphone. I actually remember when we went to Afghanistan and then to Iraq, and I even remember why. So we can fight them there, so we wouldn't have to fight them here. So many brave Americans, thousands signed up and died or came back with catastrophic injuries to protect their fellow Americans and the country they love from those terrorists that the Biden administration's Department of Homeland Security is now transporting into the interior of the country. The two wars cost $8 trillion combined. We still owe $6.5 bucks. And I can remember not too many years ago when Donald Trump was president, those very terrorists were hiding in underground caves from us. After Trump partnered with Vladimir Putin to destroy Barack Obama's 40,000 strong caliphate on the border between Iraq and Syria. Him and John Kerry, our completely useless Secretary of State, had assured us that it would take decades to remove that caliphate, if ever. You know, Trump and Putin did it in nine months. Trump finished them off spectacularly, if you'll remember, with that Moab, which was specifically engineered to blow up underground caves. This was how very afraid they were of us. At the time, Taliban, ISIS, Al-Qaeda were caught fleeing from that war zone in women's clothing, disguised. The last place on earth, they to come, was here, where we could so easily lay our hands on them. Until now. The fact that CNN broke this story of of what CNN called an ISIS smuggler... Helping migrants enter the U.S. from Mexico shows us one thing. We fought those wars for no damn reason. It shows us absolutely no fear whatsoever. A shocking turnaround from the Trump era. Uzbekistan is listed as a terrorist harboring nation. That means when Uzbekistanis are caught on our border, no questions asked. They're supposed to get deported. It doesn't matter who they are. So here's the really telling part. They weren't deported. They were instead moved into the interior by our government. And the other telling part, again, they turned themselves in. They didn't even sneak over and try to avoid the government. Which ultimately means that without firing a shot, the terrorists we fought in the so-called War on Terror... Have won. Then the CNN article added absurdity to injury. With the FBI assuring us they were looking for them. Wait, you can't find them? Nope, but the FBI is still looking. The absurdity of this too, the FBI said, well, don't worry, we don't know of a terrorist plot. But you can't find them. That's why you don't know of a terror plot. Although the FBI helpfully volunteered that they did have a interest in some of them criminally who the heck is coming into this country folks here's peter ducey fox news reporter asking kareem john pierre the spokesperson for joe biden about this
2: are you saying that you know where all of the people this isis sympathizer snuck into the country are
0: if i can answer the question i'm sure i'll touch on every everything that you want to ask me so again yeah i'll save you the time she went on a full two more minutes she never answered it you know why They have no freaking clue where these people are. I hope they don't plan to kill us. Again, us, our kids, our grandkids still have $6.5 trillion to pay off from that war. And if you want to know what we got from that, look up War in Afghanistan on Wikipedia, on the side there where the stats are kept, and you'll see under result, Taliban victory. As the wife of a U.S. Marine, that rips my heart out. I remember the guys from that era my husband served with. They didn't deserve this. Folks, you gotta seriously question whether anyone should join a military of a country without the attention span to complete the objective of the wars they start and ask people to die in. Insane thing number four has to be the most expensive family crack-up of all time. $44 billion is the tab. That's what Elon Musk spent to buy Twitter, which he now calls X. And now we know the real reason why he bought it, and it's not the one he told investors in the public when he was pitching them working on buying it. It was because he lost his son to what he calls the woke mind virus. He just did an interview on this. Musk says he believes his communist transgender daughter, who's actually a boy, severed ties with him because she was brainwashed by her school into thinking that anyone rich is evil. At the $50,000 a year private crossroads school for arts and sciences in Santa Monica that he sent her. I mean, him too. He now goes by Vivian Jenna Wilson and has even removed his last name. The 19-year-old child of Musk says they want nothing to do with the dad anymore. Good. I hope Musk has cut them off financially. I mean, at the knees. Go get a job at a fast food place, honey. You can only guess at how far things have progressed, but in a recent photo, the young offspring of Musk looks convincingly female and seems to have had some breastwork. In other words, the change, at least physically, might be bordering on permanent? Musk said in the interview that the rift with his child pained him more than when he suffered the infant death of his firstborn child, Nevada. And so he spent $44 billion on Twitter, Twitter, he felt, had become infected by a similar mindset that suppressed right-wing and anti-establishment voices. Okay, I gotta say, the silver lining for the rest of us is that we have our voices back. And the other silver lining is he's not doing this for profit. Because right now he's being canceled by advertisers, even though Twitter just had the best month ever on record for users. People like free speech, real authentic debate, not controlled by creepy tech titans. That's why he should be winning. And yet he's struggling to get advertisers because the Democrats are essentially threatening to cancel them all. So however this ends, the good news is this. I'm glad that what's driving him is not the profit motive. I know that's weird for a capitalist to say, but this is the kind of thing that ought to make him more determined to hold on to this and hopefully hold on to Twitter for some more bad quarters because he's getting sued right and left and investigated right and left by the Democrats for his real cry, free speech. Speaking of which insane thing. Number three, as I predicted back in 2017, we're beginning to see a thing we haven't seen in our lifetimes in the West. In fact, really since world war II in the West, the cancellation potentially of political parties or politicians for being in the wrong party. The headline in hotair.com is jarring. First censorship, now outright bans of politicians and political parties. And no, this isn't North Korea or Cuba. This is Germany. This happened once before in Germany, and a whole lot of people died after. But they apparently didn't learn, and now they're eyeing a final solution for the AFD, alternative for Germany. It's a right-wing populist party roughly modeled on Donald Trump's philosophy. And it's growing fast, already supported by more than 20%. So it's gotta go. It's grown like a weed since Merkel opened Germany's borders to Syrian refugees and imported 1.2 million Muslim refugees, which led to crime, violence, rapes, you know, that kind of thing. Now Germany is debating whether to ban the far-right alternative for Germany party.
1: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: You Don't believe me? Read this Washington Post article. Following Elon Musk's lead, big tech is surrendering to disinformation. They're outraged. Why? Because for the first time since Elon Musk returned Donald Trump's Twitter account in November, Trump dared to use it. All he did was post his mugshot. But that was enough to send him through the stratosphere. They're horrified that Trump who by tens of points is the leader in the Republican primary, is allowed to be seen at all again on these platforms. Why? Because our, our leaders on our side have been so weak in standing up to the deep state and big tech's persecution of Donald Trump that the creepy authoritarian left, the Washington Post, now assumes it had the right to censor whoever the leader of the opposition is. As in, just disappear him from pictures and posts, Stalin style. They're demanding, at a minimum, that any post he puts up be accompanied by warnings about the supposed untruthfulness of what he says. Never mind that Biden lies a mile a minute. Folks, what does this show us? We're in the screaming razor's edge of the cancellation of our party's top candidates as being the norm, because from here... The left clearly planned to pursue the total cancellation of the Republican Party, which, by the way, was the last step in the Russian Revolution. The cancellation of the only opposing party, the cadets. You want to know how that worked out for them? They fled the country for their lives. That the Washington Post would even author this shocking piece was unthinkable 10 years ago. They don't even mention the First Amendment. It's as if it doesn't exist. Insane thing number two. One of the things I think our side doesn't really understand yet is how it's not funny. What's going on in California and Minnesota, Seattle, Oregon. We keep laughing as these cities spin into chaos with the assumption it won't affect us. But what you're looking at is the Democrats' agenda for the nation as soon as they get big enough majorities in the House and the Senate and win the presidency to do that. That happens about once a decade. This is coming. What am I talking about? You can see their agenda plain and simple from the California legislature, which has literally just legalized theft and it's clear from this that that is the goal the bill is sb 533 and it's jaw dropping i'll let fox tell you about it
2: some small retailers say what lawmakers here are proposing gives thieves a license to steal and here's why it's not enough that we decriminalize
1: property crime but now he's saying you can't stop criminals from stealing taking your property
2: so California police generally don't respond to theft under $950. It's a misdemeanor. So stores are on their own. But now these Sacramento Democrats are pushing a bill that can fine businesses up to $18,000 if it intervenes to stop a robbery or theft. So hundreds rallied Thursday at the state capitol to protest SB 553, which requires retailers to hire private security if they want to stop crime. Owners of convenience stores, gas stations, liquor stores, many Indian Americans say they can't afford it. We cannot compete the big box stores. We are small retailers. Rather than sending my kids to school, to universities to get educated, I should teach them how to steal. Go to a store, grab 950 or less, come home. So the bill requires retailers to file a workplace violence prevention plan. Only private security can confront shoplifters. Otherwise, CalOSHA can fine retailers $18,000 per incident. Businesses must log every threat of violence and provide trauma counseling if it happens.
0: So employees, including the owner, are forbidden from confronting or interfering with thieves in any way. They must keep full-time security, even if they're just a small mom and pop shop. And if thieves attack or threaten workers in any way, the full cost of their counseling has to be paid by the business owner for any worker who says the incident makes them afraid. This is a death sentence for small business and really most business in California. And the fact that it's already overwhelmingly passed the Senate in California shows you the left is not messing around here. Folks, this is their national agenda. You're just seeing it in California first. Folks, it's only been a couple days since I did a podcast on the retail apocalypse that's coming Uh, according to the Washington Post, in part because people don't go downtown anymore because they're too afraid, and so people are beginning to default on their leases. So property owners, commercial property owners, are beginning to default on their loans. That, in turn, could wipe out the regional banks. And the left sees this. They see their cities crumbling. They call it an apocalypse, and they double down, which shows you one thing. This is what they want. Oh, by the way, that $18,000 fine, that's per violation. And the second fine, it goes up to 25000 And there's literally no way you can avoid it because even if you let the thieves steal you blind and you say nothing and your employees do the same, if they're threatened anyway by one of these deranged thieves that the left keeps, uh, you know, turning back on the street again and again and again because the thief is insane, all of the provisions are triggered and you have to provide counseling. I couldn't figure out what insane thing number one should be. It came down to a tie between the lunatic judge in Donald Trump's Washington case, who wants to start his trial the day before Super Tuesday. Well, that's the first one. She wants to do that for one simple reason. Trump's numbers go up every time he's indicted. The opening of the trial is sure to get him the nomination. And then, well, they need to get the trial started early in order to secure what they hope will be a felony conviction by election day. They're not even hiding the naked political ambition and persecution of these charges. And that would have been insane thing number one, were it not for the disclosure this week that the National Archives has been, come on, let's call it what it is, hiding 5,400 Biden emails in which Joe Biden used fake names to communicate with Hunter Biden and his business partners, about official government business. Remember when Joe scolded Trump in that debate and said his son wasn't taking any money from foreign sources? Yeah, then the story changed to, well, Joe knew nothing about it. He wasn't involved except the 5,400 emails the National Archives had the whole damn time as they ignored FOIA request, which asked for Joe Biden's emails, which are public information, knowing damn well they were his. He was just using a pseudonym, Oh. And the 13 secret flights, it turns out that Hunter and Joe took during Joe's time of service as vice president. Now that we know what those pseudonyms are, we got an idea of what's in those emails. So far, the National Archives is clinging to them, avoiding releasing them. They dragged their feet on a FOIA request for them for a full two years. I guess they were too busy trying to put Donald Trump in prison over materials he took from the White House to bother complying with that FOIA request for Joe's emails. Here's the problem with what's in them. We can't read them all, but we have some of them because we have the laptop. Now that we know what Joe's pseudonyms are, we can see the problem. It appears he was forwarding official government business to Hunter. That sure would have been sellable to Hunter's business partners. Oh, and Hunter's business partners, some of them were apparently copied on the emails. And we learned this this week, too, that Devin Archer, one of Hunter's business partners, who, by the way, has been indicted at a felony level, was visiting with the Secretary of State, John Kerry. Put that with the fact that we know that Hunter was copied on emails to other Obama officials. Yes, Obama officials, including Chief of Staff Ron Klain. And you can clearly see that Hunter Biden was not just the bagman for Joe or the Biden family. He was the bagman for the Democrat party leadership, for the Obama administration, a super important enough guy. But why? And the clincher, he might have been some kind of bagman for the Pentagon because they too created a dummy account using a pseudonym for Joe Biden for Joe Hunter, and we're not sure who else to go back and forth on email too secretly. Why would the Pentagon do that? I'm not going to answer that question. Regular listeners to the Battleground America podcast know why. Because Hunter, it appears, at least is what the outline of the situation looks like, was also the bagman for the Pentagon's bioweapons programs. Folks, this is massive. This is not a purdy. It's an international criminal conspiracy. Masquerading is one. And eventually, we're going to know most of the details. It's going to shock the conscience of the world. Pray it's not too late to do anything about it. I want to thank our sponsor, PhD Weight Loss, for making today's podcast possible. You know what the PhD weight loss plan is kind of like? It's like off-season training for football. Right now, with the football season starting, we're about to see what all that training and discipline adds up to on the field. It kind of reminds me of my weight loss period on the PhD plan when I was dropping between 2 to 3 pounds a week, that's what it is for women, and 3 to 5 pounds a week for men. For me, that lasted six months, and then I was done. I've now spent more time in maintenance, keeping off that 29 pounds. And I don't need to do that kind of training anymore, because now I know how to eat, PhD taught me. And I can go back to having a life with new skills, eating good, but not perfect. Because I did that off-season training one time, and now I look like a star. I love people asking me everywhere I go who haven't seen me for a while, what did you do? I tell him I went to myphdweightloss.com, which, by the way, you can do from anywhere, all 50 states, online, at home, on your time. Start your journey today, myphdweightloss.com. Now back to the podcast.